0: Welcome back to the Be A Better Ally podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she and her. Today on the podcast, we will be talking with three educators out of ISP Prague. Uh, They're going to talk a little bit about the cisa wide Pride 2021, uh, a virtual conference by students for students. If you head over to the show notes and you want to read more about that event, uh, they're going to talk about what student leadership means um, and and how it connects to lgbtq plus advocacy and inclusion work and i'm just going to quote from uh the isp newsletter that that talks about the cisa wide pride and again the link is over there in the show notes but to give you some context here quote 200 registered for the event from more than 16 schools. The conference included club organizers, leaders, and members, middle and high school students from CESA, the Central and Eastern European Schools Association, schools, and beyond. While adults provided technical and logistical support, students created, shaped, and led the day-long online event. So uh, I hope that you enjoy this conversation and it helps uh, us all reflect on the role of student agency when it comes to leadership, advocacy, inclusion. Enjoy.
1: Well, my name is Jennifer Mahalski and I am an international educator. Um, I'm teaching right now at the International School of Prague. Before that, I was in Germany and before that, I was in New York City. And in all of those school settings, um, the issue of inclusion of students with diverse gender expression and uh, sexuality has come up and has been kind of a, an area of need. And so um, at ISB where I am now, uh, I'm one of the co-advisors for the group called Spectrum.
2: And I'm Elizabeth Perry and I'm the other co-advisor for Spectrum. And I am a longtime feminist, um, have only been overseas for 10 years. So um, before that, um, taught most of my career at an all-girls school in Pittsburgh. And I teach in the sort of intersecting fields of computer science and art, uh, but am very interested in making schools and the world a more inclusive and welcoming place for everyone. And so got um, invited by a previous advisor of Spectrum to join as a co-advisor. Spectrum is our, at the International School of Prague, it's our high schools. Would you
1: call it lesbian? LGBTQ (laughs)
2: plus allies um high school group. Mm -hmm. Um it's a club, it varies in size from year to year depending on um it's very, very student-led. Um we're there to provide to provide support and um clear away administrative hurdles when there are some and to provide organizational and logistical support when it's needed but it's very much the students who um, who manage the club and so there are years where the club has um, intense and highly organized direction and there are other years where it's um,
1: more of a hangout a good place to have lunch <laughs>
3: yeah I, I get <clears throat> so I guess it's my turn <clears throat> I'm' uh, I'm Joe Monks. Uh, I'm the activities and athletics directors here at the International School of Prague. It's my 20, maybe 30, 20-something year in international education. <clears throat> so I've working here in the Czech Republic for 11 years now. Prior to that, I've been in Japan, uh, Malaysia and Bahrain and the UK. And... Um, <clears throat> From the last, I think it's five or six years of our Spectrum Club, maybe even longer, <clears throat> and our middle school Pride Club as well. I'm I'm learning how to be an ally. It's it's
0: great to have uh, three of you here, and you know, I, I think that it's sort of unique to have these different roles coming together for a Spectrum-like group. Certainly, not every school I chat with is doing that. And I feel like that's got to be part of the recipe that's really helped your school be a trailblazer when it comes to LGBTQ plus advocacy work. And I want to dig into sort of that recipe that has allowed your students to uh, be doing that leading. And before we started the recording, uh, Joe Monks was saying, uh, I I wrote the quote down, actually, we never tell the students no. Uh, and, And I know that all three of you have been talking a lot about this is very much student led, student driven uh, and I'm wondering if you want to just give us a, a little bit of a, a clearer picture and paint some details around how that student leadership has sort of um, got you to the place where you are. Uh, you know, I, I would go as far as saying, really, it's it's historic what your school has done. Uh, and, and if you want to kind of talk about, is that part of the, the secret sauce or the recipe that, um, that again, you know, was maybe part of the reason that when schools certainly in your region are thinking, you know, who, who is stepping forward to guide, to push the movement forward? Um, I, I think it's it's ISP, that's what I'm hearing at least.
3: It's, it's really nice to hear that. <clears throat> um, n- n- none of this is sort of intentional, as, as you said, it, it's very, very much student-centered, very much student-driven and um, with the the never sane uh, no to the students many times and, and, and not just surrounding uh, our spectrum activities we get, we get students come in and say they'd like to do something they would like to run something they'd like to start this club an activity and and you're right we don't we don't have a rule book and, and we don't we don't say no to it uh we say okay well how's that going to work you you pose these uh these questions to them and they will then choose if they're going to take it on to the next step or they think yeah that's not going to work and when I think the, the uh the time's right, we, we sort of jump in with uh with with support in helping uh in helping plan events, plan activities, and uh and, and that's sort of how our how our um wide pride events came about. In fact, I'm I do not know if you Liz or, or Jen, you wanna share a little bit of history, how it started up with uh, with with the interactions with uh with uh Bucharest. Yeah,
2: it's um it started. The, the whole idea of having a, a, regional, a regional conference started when um, a couple of students and a couple of um, teachers counselors from AISB Bucharest were very interested in visiting Prague. Our then director had at one point been the director in Bucharest um, in, his, in his international hopscotch career path. And so I think the administration in Bucharest Felt that he might understand some of the constraints that they faced, so that in sending in sending a delegation from their school to our school, they felt our school might understand some of their challenges and limita- their local challenges and limitations better, and that they could see by our program what you know what might be possible. So, um, two students and two or three adults mm-hmm. came. And out of that two day visit, and it was at the worst possible time, the students couldn't be hosted (laughs) by other students because we were, it was the day before a break, but it was the only time the two schools could. Anyway, it was one of those things where um, it was kind of miraculous that it happened, but it happened. And the two students, who were extremely dynamic, went back to their school and wrote articles in their school newspaper about what was happening at our school and about the need for better allyship there. Um, So, you know, please, please, please reach out to that school because they've done some extraordinary things in difficult circumstances Mm -hmm. with some really strong student and, and adult leadership. And, but out of the conversations that continued, we began thinking, well, what if we had, what if we had a conference? What if we hosted not just students from one school, but what if we invited people from throughout the region? And so... Joe began reaching out to um, activities directors and athletics directors to see what might be possible. We began conversing back and forth and gradually a two-day conference with student visits and Mm -hmm. emerged with student-run workshops. And it was a very, I don't know, there were elements of unconference about it, but it was also a very conferencey conference.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that's so interesting about that kind of originating here is the political situation in the different countries that are part of our, our CISA network, the Central and Eastern European Schools Association, they are not all that welcoming. <laughs> and I think, you know, right now, especially with some of the, the tendency to more far right and nationalist politicians, like there is a lot of backlash against uh, these particular populations that we're trying to support through clubs like Spectrum. So I think that was also a reason why those students from Romania came here because their kind of political and cultural scene is is quite different. And so they wanted to know more about sort of the origin story of Spectrum and how Spectrum got off the ground. Um, And that was, again, through students coming and talking to the director and saying, you know this is something that that we need uh, this is something that we need to support the students within our school and at that time you know there were different students expressing you know gender differences sexuality differences and and not you know heteronormative and I think that that was really like this realization of we need to find a way to make students more aware not just you know the students who are experiencing um, this kind of discomfort, but also the the rest of the student body. And I say discomfort because it's that discomfort of being like someone who is not seeing their, their image mirrored, you know, very, very often. And I think that that's a challenge in this part of the world, um, maybe less so in North America at this moment. I think there's, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of difference, but especially in this this context, it was an important thing to include. So, from that original spectrum group group that got started, that connection was made to the students at Bucharest. They said this was great. We need to do more of this. And then the first CISA wide pride um, got got going. And last year's version, uh, you know, after a pandemic pause, I think was really great because we were able to not just connect students within the CESA region, but students who had formerly been in one of the CESA schools who now had moved on as international students to somewhere else in the world. So we even had people who were, you know, joining us on Zoom since that was our our forum for the conference last year, um, you know, from parts of the Middle East, from Northern Africa, so places where from
2: Shanghai, there yeah. was a
1: delegation from from
2: China um, who stayed for as much of it as they could before it got too late at night. <laughs> um, we began to see the possibilities of, of Zoom with breakout rooms. and um, I had attended a very low-key low budget online conference earlier in the fall and had brought it back to a spectrum meeting to say, you know, this could be possible. It wouldn't really cost us anything except time. We could um, invite people and then, you know, they could have, you could have conference sessions in different breakout rooms. Mm -hmm. And the students really liked it and began going with it. So we, you know, worked with the students to determine a date and began sending out emails to people who'd been involved in the previous conference. And then Joe shared it also with um, activities and athletic directors on his mailing list and so we gradually developed a mailing list of people who were, who were interested, and then the students began coming to the twice a week, organizing meetings. The adults would check in from time to time, but I think just were happy to read the summary emails and figure they would, they would come along. The students worked with one of our librarians to bring in a guest author. Um, someone found us who made a wonderful guest speaker, but it was largely. St- Any student who proposed a workshop, that workshop ran. And And the students were very eager to support each other. So that mm -hmm. was wonderful to see.
3: And I think in many ways, the the online was more successful than the in-person because with the online, that allows that certain level of uh, anonymity um, to attend the event. Um, And I had schools asking me questions such as, or are you uh, are you sending letters home to to get permission from the parents that they attend the events? So, well, no, it's in the school day, so they come and maybe they don't want their parents to know. We we don't send letters home to ask if they can paint this picture in art, so you know we're going to let them uh, let them come, you know, attend if they wish to attend. So uh, and and the and obviously we also had a there's that that one terrific story. We were we were we, we had to be cautious of who was coming in. Conscious of who we were letting into the into zoom so there was a pre-sign up and we we'd had a a couple of uh people sign up from from a, a, a country where uh, where uh lgbtq would be you know, being a member of lgbtq group would be quite frankly possibly a, a death sentence literally and uh so we were cautious we could see that so we had to contact them who are you? Are you wanting to come in? And they told us who they were in the country that they were from. And uh, and, and it was wonderful to have them. I don't know if they turned their cameras on, which I think I maybe no. to, uh, no. one time, and I'm not sure, sure the input, but just to know that there's these, these s- students in this country, they told me the school that they're from, so I did a quick bit of research and okay, that looks okay. The students in this country, they found this safe and secure place where they could listen to others, you know, other like-minded people and, uh, and, 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 engage. And, and I think that, that was, that was my, that, that was my best story that came from from that event. That was a really wonderful thing.
0: And, and it's in- really interesting again, you know, talking about Elizabeth, like some of the the things that could happen because it was online. Um, and yeah, you know, absolutely. That never could have happened if it was just an in-person event. So thinking, you know, about the advantages of each and, you know, that we're saying that even after the sustained period of, of zooming is is lovely to hear. And I, I'll point out the um the the journalist uh, connection that you mentioned earlier. That's actually a previous episode of the show. It is episode 32. So I, I we we had that that connection. So see, you really you are famous. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, the, the the point about the the different workshops. I know that some listeners will be saying, like, "Yeah, I would love to know more about, you know, some of the, the student-led workshops." And I'm just wondering if uh, there are—I'm not going to ask you to go through all of them, but if you can recall just some of the different topics, because I know that folks are often thinking, uh, "What are the different veins
2: in which student leadership can emerge?" It
0: was, it was
2: interesting because some of the topics, and I will—I won't be able to remember exact titles, but I can remember the mood of different rooms first of all it was an unusual
1: conference
3: because
2: we had we had we had middle schoolers as well as high schoolers Mm -hmm. participating in the planning and delivery so some of these um some of these breakout rooms breakout sessions were run by middle schoolers as well as by by you know high schoolers with a great deal of experience so it was but joe do you want to read some of the titles
3: yeah so uh the workshop sessions uh um let's have a look there in the first one so we, we we had a safe room the whole time if students just wanted to be there and there was a, a, a just just a, a placement to go how to start a gsa in your in your school <clears throat> um lgbtqiap plus youth in asian dis, uh diaspora gender identity pronouns of allyship uh we had some of our school clubs present, uh, identity discussions, ways to educate your community on LGBTQIA+, uh, uh, asexuality and aromanticism, um, book sharing for all ages. No, it, is, it's, it was a whole, whole range of topics. And uh, essentially there was different sessions and students would, would choose which topic, which room they wanted to go into. and. Uh, And uh, some led by some led by students, some led by uh, by by faculty, some led by by community members.
0: It just I mean, again, that 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 range of different topics uh, and the range in terms of of leadership, it's just remarkable. Like, I really I I hope that you feel, um, you know, that the event has sort of.
2: It was such a wonderful hodgepodge because there were <laughs> there were there were presentations that were extremely well planned and were almost like an IB history formal presentation on a topic that you know several students had researched really well together and wanted to present that mm-hmm. way. And there were other there were other rooms that were well, we're just gonna keep this room open the entire conference and people can come and collectively draw together. <laughs> and that was it. Yes. Um, and of course. As I, as I said earlier, there was a Discord channel that opened within about three minutes of the conference starting, um, which the adults, you know, wanting to be sure everything was safe, dipped in and out of, but it's, it continues and it's um, largely a very safe space of people encouraging each other and providing and providing resources student to student across the world, which is really quite lovely.
1: And one more thing I wanted to say just about the safe room, because you know, for people who are thinking about doing something like this, um, that was a space where if students were feeling overwhelmed by something that had been said, or were just in some way you know, in a place of discomfort, then there would always be an adult staffing that Zoom room. So that there was someone um, there for them to to talk to, we also tried to work in some safeguards, and this came out of the in-person meeting that we had. Just establishing some some meeting norms, and um, we had basically some statements that you had to agree to, um, such as you know, your story is your story, and. Uh, You know, don't share things beyond what what comes from from you and everything stays in this room. So things like that, that that anyone who is participating first in the in-person and then even in this online conference had to agree to abide by. Um, And I think that that helped establish that sense of kind of safety. And it was part of the registration Mm -hmm. process
2: to have signed this form and also to indicate what name you were using on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Because then we actually, everything, everyone went into, um, everyone had to be approved to enter the conference. And that's where having the activities office was huge mm-hmm. because three or four people um, were made co-hosts of the Zoom at the start of it so that they could double check every single person who requested against, was that a name that was registered? Um, and so in order to keep the, safe, the space safe, particularly because we had such a wide range of ages participating, but in any case, just wanting it to be a safe space for everyone. And so not, you you know, if someone was in the conference, they had agreed to um, the safety understandings and uh, the, the norms of the, of the group. And they were, so far as we could tell who they say we, said we were, but whether they had their camera on or off, that was entirely up to them. Um, whether they could come for the whole day or just come in for part of it, that was also, it was a very elastic, you know, people could come for as much of it or as little as they, as they wanted. It was during the school day with a tiny bit extra at the end of the day. Um, and that was to accommodate different time zones, but at the same time to try to keep it. Since almost everyone was in distance learning, I think everyone participating Mm -hmm. was in distance learning at that point, um, it depended on their own sort of situation with privacy and comfort at home of, you know, wanting to be sure that this was a safe, a safe space for them to be.
0: Well, you know that level of detail, that amount of, of foresight, and just intentionality. You know that's not the kind of thing that can happen overnight. And I, I'm just, you know, as I'm listening, I'm getting the sense of of how much time and effort and care, genuine love, went into this event. And I'm wondering if you could talk us through when did what was sort of the seed or the starting point. Um, you know, at what point in the year did the idea kind of come come up? And okay, yeah, I think we're going to do this. how one? much?
2: Sorry for the yes. online one. Yes. Oh, that was, um, gee, I went to a conference in, an an online conference in December. (laughs) And it was, I think it was the FabLearn conference. Um, Anyhow, it was a very um, low-key but community-generated tech and arts conference based in in, uh, New York City and beyond. And how it ran struck me as being, oh, this is something, this is something that we could do. Um, and so brought that back to the students and they were, oh yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So it was after it happened between returning from winter break and when it happened in it
1: happened April, in, was it end of April or end of May? It was yeah. right around was the time of when of the April. seniors were graduating. And so they, like we had seniors who were leading the club. And so they had this like piled on to all of their, right. And it was of... the end
2: of, it was, it was towards the end of April.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. And so. It's busy. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the, the,
2: um, and the senior who was the head of our club at the time, who was an incredibly dynamic leader and also very good at, um, delegating at sort of delegating and including other people, mm-hmm. you know, someone who was not threatened by middle schoolers who were eager to run sessions. <laughs> right. Um, and in fact, she was the host of most of our, um, of most of the zoom planning meetings, Planning meetings. Yeah.
3: And, and the planning meetings—I uh, would said this earlier before, uh, when you weren't recording—but uh, um, the planning meetings were attended by students from, from all over, um, all over all over the world, actually. And uh, with our idea to connect connect the students from the different countries and the different schools, just having them involved in the planning meetings so have achieved our first goal. And uh, you know, I, I, I went in, I went, I went into a, a few meetings. And just listen to them, and and it was just great to see and hear the conversations. It's absolutely not how I would have ran or organised a meeting, <laughs> and I I would I would sit there thinking, oh my goodness, I could have got this in done this in two minutes, or it's taken twenty minutes. But that interaction between the students is key, and the learning they're doing there for trying to figure out, okay, what can we fit in this? Who can we get to help with this? There's there's so much learning that took place there, and. and while I'm sat there think, "Oh, would, I'd love to take hold of this and just do it." Say, "No, oh, no, do it this way. This is how we do it. It's going to get organized, and we're done. and go and have your lunch." You, you, you got to let them, let them be involved, and uh, and the students around it, and you know, a terrific outcome, but also an absolutely terrific process for them to be involved in.
2: the t- The time really was, um, it wasn't about being efficient. Mm. It was about it was about them making connections and them hearing other voices and getting to feel their own voices were heard. So there was space for, there was space for the people who came to one of the planning meetings and then went off and may or may not have attended, you know, and then attended the conference later. And then there was space for, you know, an eager and lonely middle schooler who might come to every single, every single meeting and, um, and, you know, participate and express opinions and,
1: and I think that was part of the really important component with it being in the midst of the pandemic is it gave, I mean, one of the things that the students talked about as a club was, was the isolation of being at home and in some, some ways that they couldn't be themselves as much as they could at school um, and have that kind of true identity recognized. And so the, the online forum was kind of a way to combat that, to give students students at least this, you know, temporary opportunity to to really connect with people um, on on Zoom in a meaningful way. And I don't know. I think that that's really one of the most important um, things about like running a, a GSA generally is is figuring out what is it that the students want and actually need. Like this year, we have a lot of ninth graders who don't know a whole lot about leadership. Um, they are still trying to sort of find their way, but it's it's just been kind of a hangout so far, and I think that they're slowly developing some sense of what they want to do and what their goals are. Um, but Liz is great at like figuring out that sometimes you need to let go of the agenda, and and that's been really helpful.
0: And I you know I I just appreciate that messaging of you know let go of the agenda. It's not about efficiency; it's about that authenticity. Uh, you know, and of course, the learning that you're discussing from the event, it's not temporary. I know before we started recording, you were talking about, um, you know, students creating connections to last beyond uh, the simple event. And I'm wondering if you want to just share a little bit about when the event was over, what were some of the things that you were hearing um, after after it ended slash, you know, again, I know that I'm trying to say that learning didn't end. Uh, so any things that any that kind of resonate from
2: well, the literal there, ending of it. I, well, I I mean I think in in the post conference feedback certainly being being people saying that because it was online it enabled a lot of them to go to it who might not otherwise be able to go to it even if we even if we were in you know in a world where we were in person and it was not there was no pandemic that the whole permissions and how out you are to your parents and how out you are at your school that 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 got removed from the equation and they, they really liked that they missed the in-person time with each other that had happened. Mm -hmm. And the ones who'd been to the conference before the, the one we'd had the year before, but, but they also felt like this could be more inclusive. They, it was the only time anybody has ever thanked me for having more committee meetings. (laughs) Um, There were students who said that like, this was, this was just like the most amazing thing to be part of this planning process. And it's like, Oh my goodness, really? <laughs> you know, because as adults, as Joe said, we're so used to like, okay, what's the what's the least amount of time we can get for the best possible outcome? Mm-hmm. The out the result was the time. The time was the product, was the gift, was the 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 purpose. And so having that framework for them to spend time together was was worthwhile. And then just the the shape of the Zoom day, which was. A very long day on Zoom, but the students didn't generally seem to be aware of it as a difficult
1: time because... I I know some of them even talked about how, you know, I can't believe I spent all day on Zoom and I'm not tired. (laughs) So just having that kind of, you know, it was an energizing opportunity for them because there was, you know, real exchange. They had choices that they could make about how they wanted to spend their time. And
2: and they owned the space. Yeah. And they had made the space. And if somebody, there was always space for ad hoc for another, another group or another breakout room. Um, and part of the conference strand was a bunch of breakout rooms that were made on the spot, um, either to talk about identity and identity groups. Um, and students could move, you know, students could always move back and forth between... Um, between different groups, or if their version of Zoom didn't let them, we would put them wherever they wanted to be, and they could go in and out of places. And I think that that freedom and also the respect that they gave each other, of whatever age, to to present to them, I think they really honored those truths. Um, I don't know. I was I was in the middle at most of it. I was in the main main room giving. Um, giving directions. So I wasn't able to drop into sessions in the same way because I wanted, in the same way that there was the safe room, I wanted to be there to give directions to let people in and to let people into the safe room. I know the safe room was used because there were students who, because the adults staffing it were counselors from our school. And um, they said that they'd had a number of students come in who didn't always feel safe at their own school or in their homes. And so having, having an adult kind of counselor person to talk to was um, was a good thing for them in that moment. So it wasn't necessarily that they were feeling unsafe at the conference, but that just in the world in general, just the thought of having a, a supportive adult was going and to be
0: like! What a brilliant way of having kind of, you know, different members from the school come together for an event in that way. Even that as a notion is, is really innovative. And you know, Joe, you being an activities athletics director, like there's such a core organizational knowledge that you have that, you know, very few other people on campus have kind of the, I know what some of the logistical hurdles might be. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of just wondering as a team of educators, how that happened in coming together for this purpose. Was that as organic as the rest of the process that you've been describing or?
3: Well, n- naturally as, as an event, so I had to you know we, we were involved and obviously with the connections uh most international schools are generally connected through their activities or athletics directors so that's an easy connection there um more so through other you know, since we've been online more so for uh, for other individuals as well um but we did see a, a a number of other community members come involved we had the librarian quite involved and there was a there was a nice uh session run uh when they they, they put out lgbtq plus books and literature. So uh um and I think we did a call for we, we did a call through all, all the employees, anyone that wanted to be involved. And and, mm-hmm. I, I, and uh and um in terms of other schools, you know, we we encourage them to do the same. But uh
2: yeah we had know. some faculty members we had some faculty members attend. Uh-huh.
3: Um, and some just attend, yeah not not necessarily to uh not yeah. represent just to attend. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's, you know, again, that's just fantastic. And I, you know, I know that we talk about school culture and school leadership um, a lot, but I, you know, I I don't know, I'm making a wild guess here that there's something happening at your school where that kind of collaboration, there are things in your foundation that drive that or, you know, make that just a little more possible than otherwise. Uh, and I'm wondering if you want to just talk a little bit about, from a school culture standpoint, what's going on that? again folks say yes here's this thing coming i want to be a part of it or sure. what messages are coming from school leaders where as a as a team you know actually we can give the the students this level of flexibility and it's okay i'm not going to you know bunny quotes be in trouble
1: mm.
2: well That's i think nice. that the school the school goes back and back and back and back i mean lots of schools go talk about their mission again and again and again and again But one of the things, you know, engage, inspire, engage, empower, right? I'm getting it in the right order. Um, But what is useful, has been useful at our school is when students point to that mission (laughs) and use that mission as a way of saying, here's what we believe in. Here's how it aligns with the school mission. It becomes much, much harder for administrator to say, oh, well, um, maybe next year, it doesn't suit our priorities or, you know, there's, there's a lot. If, if students take that kind of approach to it, they can make a lot of things happen and they have begun to realize that here.
1: And I I mean, there have been hiccups along the way, like there, (laughs) there have been issues that have come up. Um, You know, we've had discussions about like, at what age is, is Ally Week kind of appropriate? Um, and we've also had students in younger years who've been uh, presenting as a different gender from their biological sex. So I think that there are a lot of things that have come up in the school that have kind of pushed the issue um, forward. And, and that's been a really positive thing to get it into the collective conversation. You know, there's, there's always the concern of like you know people coming from more conservative places in the world or having a more conservative upbringing, um, not being open to these or being concerned about this being in the school. Uh, but I think the fact that we can always go back to this is coming from students. This is an you know something that students have said they need. Uh, and, and that's kind of the the support uh, that's kind of built in because it's not something that we as teachers or imposing as is our agenda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that that really helps us kind of balance that that concern, but also the need and the need of, you know, the individuals in the school is what's been moving that agenda forward.
3: It's it's the. We have a big culture of acceptance here, and and I think of, and it's so different to what and I can't speak for yourself. but what what I grew up in in, in school, and uh, and uh, I you know I speak I speak to my daughters about it. One one who graduated a couple of years ago, one who's a, who's a senior now, and uh, so for example, we would talk we talk about transgender, and to them, said, Oh, that's a person. That's a person in their grade. That's a person in the school it's completely normal and it's completely normal to talk about it
1: mm-hmm. and
3: to be able to associate a person, a colleague, uh, your classmate, it's, it's just completely normal. And it's fascinating. So, uh, you know, the, the conversations once uh, I was having with my daughters once uh, when we had the first, um, she's a wide pride and it's like, no, what's that is completely, it's completely normal. So, oh, well, okay. And, and it's, this is a lot. It's the environment that i surrounded with. My goodness, you know, so different to what is at school. And, and I think, um, as, as an as an activities and athletics director, you know, we we, we sit around a lot in our meetings with other, other athletics directors, and uh, we talk. About, okay, well, we got we got to have some uh, we got to have some transgender policies at school for for when we're taking part in sports, when we're taking part in this, and it's we're not the people who should be making these policies. You know, our experience at school is, is, is what we we have, you know, what we have to reflect on. We've got to be putting this to the students. And, uh, and, and I was thinking when you asked the question just now about uh, what feedback did we get? And it's like, uh, fr- from both conferences, we had, when can we do this next? When can we do this next? <laughs> and after the first conference, we didn't plan to do it again. We knew people were excited about it. We didn't put it on our calendar. And then it came up at the end of the school year, but my goodness, how are we going to pull this off? Or how are the students going to pull this off? And we don't have it scheduled again next year. Um, we don't have, well, unless, unless listen, are going to, going to tell me after, we don't have plans to run this again this year. Um, maybe it would be nice for another school to run it. But if, if, if some students step forward and say, we've got some ideas we'd like to do again, we're going, we're going to be open to that. So. I don't know if that answered your question at all in any way but, but it touched on a lot of points there but uh.
0: well it's it really is walking the walk of you know student agency i know that we often in education talk a good game about it but i i think part of that stepping back is really it's sometimes it's waiting and it's listening right which those two things, easy to say, sometimes really hard to do, especially when school calendars. There's always so much going on, and again, that I think almost that action bias that we have sometimes of, gotta gotta be so you know planned ahead, planned ahead, planned ahead. Um, I uh, again, I just think it is a remarkable example that you're setting. So, um, I want to thank you so much for your time and just you know give a, a moment back to you in case. Uh, You've got any final words that you would like to give to our listeners, you know, because I know that there will be people listening who will be saying, that sounds great. Yes. Wait, be patient. (laughs) Let the agenda come from the learners. But How do you do that? And is that, you know, I I kind of wonder is, is doing this as kind of you have a, a coalition of educators who are a part of this, right? It wasn't just one educator from the school leading the way.
2: I almost wonder if that helps you keep each other accountable. Oh, that's huge. That's Definitely. huge. Mm-hmm. Because when one of us begins to panic and begins to kind of like, okay. And I begin to like, think about, think about details and logistics and begin to ask sort of, ask, and, and then, you know, Jen will sweep in and just sort of ask a really strong, holistic question that kind of brings the conversation back to the, back to the center again. And so that leaning forward and leaning back, it's, um, No, it's it's the, I love the phrase um, "lean into discomfort" um, because the idea that you're anchored someplace safe, but you can lean, and that that's you know that's the moment of that's the moment of growth. But I think there is it is this dance of leaning forward and leaning back with students in order to because they don't they also don't know what they don't know right and they don't know that well gee if you really want to do this thing, it is going to take more than 48 hours to plan it.
1: And things like the safety issue, like, you know, they know we want to feel safe, but how do you actually bring that about? And that's where, you know, as educators and I mean, one of our former uh, middle school pride uh, advisors had been really involved in community organizing. So like that skill set of, okay, well, we need this set of like, you know, safety agreements that we make ahead of time. So just giving students the tools at the appropriate time so that they can move forward and make something a reality is, is really important. And I guess, you know, even up to the day it happened, we Mm -hmm. weren't totally sure it was going to (laughs) work. Right. Right. We had, we had no idea whether it would devolve into, uh, you know, a half
2: a dozen empty breakout rooms with, you know, with someone coughing in one of them, Uh, you know, I mean, just, or, or whether it would completely, you know, go off the rails and, and, and dreadful or difficult things would happen. And in fact, the students were so grateful for that time together Mm -hmm. that, um, and that we put enough, enough safety guidelines in place, but not too much so that there was this space for them to be, to take care of each other. And I think they did.
3: So, I had complete faith that it was going to be a hit with you guys. <laughs> um, I was just, yeah, the uh, I think also that we, we've got to be, you know, reminded of it. It's completely about the, the context that the schools in. And mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's so interesting to hear from international schools, because, you know, while an international maybe sort of similar, we're in all very different countries with different different rules and regulations. And uh, you know, there's there's um, equivalent spectrum clubs which have to meet anonymously uh, in places, and, and 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 there's all sorts of different uh, different situations in the different schools. So I think we're very fortunate, you know, in in the Czech Republic, and I think within the CESA schools, we're I think we're we're, we're fairly liberal and uh, and open to this. And and what we're doing is is not necessarily possible in, in, in other CESA schools, just because of, because of the context of the school. But, uh, but it's certainly great to, to have the schools that attended, taking the first steps on, on, on that journey.
0: Well, and again, I hope that you do give yourselves more credit than that, because I feel like there's, uh, you know, there's local context, but that school context piece can be huge too. Uh, You know, I, I have worked in schools that, have proclaimed to be very liberal, you know, they don't necessarily have those hurdles, but there's a tremendous amount of queer phobia or, you know, there's people in school leadership that just are saying, no, we're not going to do this. Uh, The consultancy work that I do again in countries where there should not necessarily be an issue, but there's still a, you know, tremendous amount of uh, hesitation or, you know again i kind of just think what you have what you have done um and the opportunities for student leadership and and really just the example that you've set is massive and i do think uh there's there's a piece of that that is you know the way that you set it up intentionally uh and just uh, i'm so grateful to get to hear some more of the details behind how that came about and uh, i hope we get the opportunity to chat again
3: so, uh, sounds good. Thank sounds you. wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for
1: having us,
0: Tricia. Folks, if you are listening to uh, their advice and you are thinking, I really want to connect with other educators when it comes to thinking about what Pride 2022 might be this year, I'd invite you to head over to QueerWisdom.com. On that page, you'll find resources free to help you connect, to think about ways that you might build bridges between your student groups and student groups in other places. Um, On the podcast, you'll hear me speak more and more about the Queer Wisdom Slack group. Um, It's a community that I hope is going to grow organically where we can come together, we can share, we can listen to one another's ideas, and we can also come together to Connect around some common resources. So I'm extremely excited to announce that Dr. Lee Ayrton uh, will be joining that Slack space in the new year to talk about their incredible book, Gender Your Guide, a gender-friendly primer on what to know, what to say, and what to do in the new gender culture. I'm mentioning that now um, so that you've got time to order that book, uh, to invite perhaps a few other people on your campus or even your student uh, GSA, your student spectrum, your student school council group to think about joining you in the reading of that text and then joining us later on for a conversation about it. Thanks again for listening, Um, I am so so, so, so grateful to today's panel who came together to share. They also let me know that if you would like to connect with them to learn more about the logistics of hosting an online conference, uh, that they're going to be generous and share um, some of that wisdom with you for those who are looking. So you can always reach me on Twitter. I am at Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A underscore Freed, F-R-I-E Uh, You can send me a direct message there and we can talk about ways to connect you if you're thinking about hosting a virtual event. Take care, everybody.